Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. If you have a Bible, hold it up real quick. I like seeing Bibles. I like seeing this in God. There's some places that people don't bring them. I like seeing Bibles in church. I love that. I love that. And, uh, you know, new school is cool. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But I still love me some old school Bible. And that you write in, highlight in. I love that. And uh, so never, never uh, get away from your Bible too far from that. But if you haven't, now do this. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 34. <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter 34. And uh, it is... In the, New Te- in the Old Testament, in about the fifth book in, you'll find that. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 34. And um, it's an uh, interesting, interesting passage today. God's put on my heart. And um, uh, man, I tell you, it's just, it's, it's, uh, I don't know, we'll read it and just go from there. How about that? But Deuteronomy chapter 34. When you got it, say amen. amen. That's enough for us to proceed. If you still look and say, hold on, Pastor. We're going. Deuteronomy 34, starting in verse 1. It says this. Then Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo to the top of Pisgah, which is across from Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land of Gilead as far as Dan and Naphtali and the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the western sea, the south and the plain of the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees as far as Zoar. Then the Lord said to him, This is the land of which I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I have caused you to see it with your eyes, but you shall not cross over there. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord, and he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor, but no one knows his grave to this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eyes were not dim, nor his natural vigor diminished. And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses ended. Kind of an interesting passage, and I want us to do this before we dig too far into all this t- today, and I think we need to pray after a passage like that. And uh, so if you would, would you bow your heads, close your eyes, join me in this prayer as we pray today. God, thank you today, Lord, so much for the great privilege and the great opportunity, Lord, that you've given us today, God, to be able to open up your word together, spend time with one another around it today, Lord. And I pray, God, the hearts and lives will be open today to whatever it is you want to speak into our hearts today, God. I I believe today, God, that you're going to break some curses. You're going to heal some lives. You're going to do some things, Lord, that only you can do, God. So we just give you permission to flow. We choose life today and open our hearts up to whatever it is that you want to do, God. And we're just thankful today for Jesus, paying the ultimate sacrifice, God, who gives us the freedom to come and worship. And Lord, we thank you for the ultimate sacrifice of lives in America that gave their lives, Lord, so we can have freedom today, God. And Lord, we just pray today, God, for an extra measure of peace and an extra measure of comfort today and strength for families who during this time is not a big celebration, God. And I just pray, Lord, for peace for them today. God, I thank you for, for other soldiers, Lord, today that uh, maybe have had to go through difficult times and be on the battlefield when life was lost. And God, I pray for comfort for them, Lord, today, God. And we thank you that you are our strength. You're our source of hope. 
And today, God, we thank you, Lord, that there's something bigger today than just what we see in front of us, Lord. And we just ask you today, God, to let that be revealed in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Look at your neighbors. Say, happy Memorial Day weekend. And it is a blessing. It is a gift, an opportunity that we can come together and celebrate a day like this. And, uh, and I'm glad that you're here. And again, good to see you. I know Memorial Day is a lot of time. A lot of folks travel. We have folks tuned in via live stream and have let me know they're out there today. Glad you're tuned in. Glad you're here. And uh, we're in a series right now called The Greatest Stories Ever Told. And uh, this is actually a journey together that we're taking as we're walking through the Old Testament. We've been now on this for like 16 weeks as we've been going through the Old Testament together. I just loved it, man. God has just been revealing uh, some things and showing us some stuff. It's just been fun, and I hope you've been getting something from it. And today, as we step into that, we're in, a, in a, the next message I feel like God has given me. And so as we shared that first passage, it was kind of like you might have been thinking, uh, series is called Greatest stories ever told. That was rough. That was depressing, you know, and it, to hear that. And uh, if, you know, if, if that's all you knew of that story, it would be. It'd be kind of tough to, to think about Moses out there having to live out the rest of his life looking at a land that he would never step into. Kind of hear the story where he passes on and everyone's sitting around crying for 30 days and they're like, okay, 30 days is up. We're good. Let's get back to life. Kind of interesting story, but there's more going on here. And um, in this series today and in this book of Deuteronomy, uh, there's some really, pretty cool things. And so I, I love what God has kind of just been speaking to my heart. And this is a big book. It's one I never haven't really spent a whole lot of time in uh, as far as preaching from. I've read it many times. But I found out that some pretty important people have preached Deuteronomy. Uh, first of all, Moses preached this. This has been described as, if you study this out, actually that Moses preached three key sermons in Deuteronomy. And so I I actually found one commentary who kind of labeled it like this. He said that Moses was basically one through four, chapters one through four. He was preaching the review of the past. Chapters five through 26, he's preaching a repetition of the law. And verses chapter 27 through 30 is a renewal of the covenant. I was like, man, that's, that's not a bad outline, man. That's cool. I could actually take that outline. We could preach that. And I'd be like, Deuteronomy, that's pretty cool. I like that. But I was like... Okay, God didn't give me that, and uh, so I can't preach that, so I'm going to preach something different today, but I believe it's what God's put in our heart, and as we look at this book today, it's pretty cool. We find out that, again, we, that, that Moses preached Deuteronomy. Uh, he spoke the messages. Found out as we dug in even harder that the words of Deuteronomy, they're quoted over 80 times in the New Testament. It was Deuteronomy that Jesus, when he was asked, Jesus, what's the most important commandment. Jesus quotes Deuteronomy. He pulls out and he digs in his heart because he is the word. He don't have to open it up. He is the word. And he says that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Jesus said that. Then in the most important, probably crucial time in his life, Jesus is in the wilderness he is, he is fasting and praying, preparing to get on a cross, give his life, die in our place for our sins. And after 40 days of praying and fasting in a weakened state in the humanness of, of Christ, Satan appears to him. 
Now, Satan comes in, he messes with him. If that's a message all that's on, I encourage you to study it out. It's just really cool, and we've taught it here. But, man, Jesus begins to do this, and it's what we should always do. Anytime that we're faced with an attack of the enemy, Jesus speaks himself. He speaks the word. And so he does this. He goes back to Deuteronomy again. And so he goes back and he quotes and tells the devil what's up and he says things from Deuteronomy chapter 8. He, th- he says things from Deuteronomy chapter 6, chapter 10. And so I'm like, man, here you go. You've got two pretty crucial people in the Bible, Moses and Jesus, preaching Deuteronomy. And I'm like, I'm going to preach Deuteronomy. So today, as we preach Deuteronomy, as we spend some time in Deuteronomy, as we look at this book, I want to preach to you today, not that outlined, that commentary. Say it. Not even just what I want to preach, but what I feel like today, I want to preach according to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in this room. And God's Word is always applicable to our life. And as we look at it, I prayed, I said, God, give me today what it is that we need to hear for the people who are going to be sitting in these chairs, for the people who may be listening on live stream, and maybe somebody on a podcast years down the road. What do they need to hear? And I believe this is the day is what God would have us say. And so he gave me a few things. He gave me three. If you're a note taker, I encourage you to do that. Um, I'm going to give you three that I feel like God put on my heart. And three things today from Deuteronomy that we can draw from, that we see lived out in the example of Moses and some things that we can draw from today. And the first one is this today. Number one is this, that we are to focus on the eternal, not the temporal. We are to focus on the eternal, not the temporal, because many would actually look at the life of Moses. I've heard it preached, and I've probably kind of referenced it and said something similar, that kind of in some ways you look at Moses' life, Moses was a failure. He, he actually had to live out the rest of his days, and he had to look at a land that he never stepped into. And I've heard pastors preach that and go hard on Moses, man, and come against him and say, man, he never got to access the promised land, and he didn't on this earth. But we know, as we've studied out, and we see, man, that Jesus, uh, allowed him and brought him in. The grace of God pulled him in. He got to experience way more than natural ground. He got to experience way more than a promised land here on earth. It's something that naturally we step our feet onto and that we look at. He got to be there and we read about Moses' life. In Hebrews chapter 11, we saw where Moses is in the hall of faith. He was labeled, named there, shared about his faith and who he is. We found out that as we read in Matthew chapter 17, it was on the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus, the Spirit of God, came upon him and the presence of God shined down on him. Moses and Elijah are there. And we look at sometimes and we get the mindset and we look at it and say, man, he didn't even get to encounter the promised land. He didn't get to live out the American dream. He didn't get the house in the promised land with the picket fence and the two and a half kids and and the dog and and the cat. And it's not American dream if you got a cat, it's an American nightmare. So I apologize, you know. Come on, I felt glory shine over this place right now. I apologize, cat people. I mean, it's just a joke. But we look at that sometimes and we say, man. He didn't even get in there. And sometimes I 
think we look at our life and, and we examine it sometimes and we maybe see that, man, I'm not getting all I want sometimes. And maybe it's not that American dream for me is not working out either. And my life feels more like an American nightmare. And the things aren't happening like I want them to happen. And things aren't going down like I want it to go down. But if you look at the life of Moses, if you look at what he was zeroed in on and focused in on, you see something else happening here. Moses understood there was something eternal. He, he understood that there was something after him. And if you read on, and it's cool that God gives the whole Bible, and not just those little snippets, so I encourage you, be careful, just pull little certain things out. Understand what all is being said there, because if you just read what we read and you go home, it's a miserable Sunday morning. It's a rough day to know that he left this place. Nobody even today knows where he's buried, somewhere out there in that mountain. And he never got in. But look at what the Scripture says. I want you to, you're already in 34. Let's keep reading. Verse 9 of Deuteronomy 34 says this. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hands on him, and so the children of Israel heeded him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. Joshua was that guy that would hang around after the church service was over and everybody else went home. If you've been here during this series, Joshua was that dude that hung out. And he's here in this place, and, and Moses lays his hands on him. And it says, verse 10, but, but since there has not arisen in Israel a prophet like Moses whom the Lord knew face to face. Who cares about milk and honey? He got streets of gold in the presence of God. He's got all this. And it says here, there is now for him no one else like Moses, no other prophet in all of Israel who knew the Lord like this face to face in all the signs and wonders which the Lord sent to him to do in the land of Egypt. You know what he did? He went and did it. He got sent out and he went and did what he was supposed to do, what God put him on the earth to do. He went and fulfilled the plan. He went and fulfilled what was eternal, not just temporal. He, he fulfilled the land before Pharaoh, before all his servants in all his land, and by all that mighty power and all the great terror which Moses performed in the sight of all Israel. Moses understood the eternal. He spent a large portion of his life serving God, serving people. And our text says this, that they didn't even know where his body was laid. Today, there, there's, there's situations where people go when they honor the graves. And I'm not against people doing that. And, and there's people of big prestige and great honor and kings and, and, and presidents. And people go and view those graves. There's not nothing against it. There's something else going on here. There's eternal stuff happening. It's kind of freaks some people out sometimes. And I ask the angel, I always try to ask her if I, if I think I'm going to say something too freaky. You know, I get, I get on the edge often. You know, I'm kind of like, hey, I'm right there. You know, and I, I'm like, you know, but I was like, is it okay to say what, I was going, what I'm getting ready to say? And she's like, yeah, it may offend somebody. But and of course it's, it's weird for some people. <laughs> and it's not, an, it's not too bad. But, but Angel and I have, have, you know, are going to be cremated when we, we leave this earth. But I don't talk about that kind of stuff yet, you know, and don't go there, you know. But 
it's going to happen unless Jesus comes back before I get done. I'm out of here, Jack. And we're going to be cremated. And, and it's kind of weird, and I know it's going to maybe freak some people out a little bit, and I'm just like, don't even just tell the people who do that. Just go ahead and they just keep ashes. Do whatever they want to do with them because there's really nowhere to put them because really I don't want you know, our kids having to come back and go to that place and look at that and say, man, you know, we miss you, wish you were still here because I'm not there. He, he won't be there because there's something else eternal that's going on. And I know that messes with some people, and I'm not trying to mess with you too much, but I want you to see that all of this stuff is temporary. I sat down, and someone had given someone my number, and, um, and, and they, they are a person who does financial planning and for the uh, end of days and all that kind of stuff. And we sat down, and we had a conversation this past week, met him for the first time, and we sat down at Dunkin' Donuts having a cup of coffee, and we're talking, and he starts asking me these questions. He's giving his spill, and he does a good job. He's a great salesman. And he starts asking me these questions about my future, and he started asking my questions about these types of things. And again, I'm not against planning for futures. Please understand, I'm not against those things. The Bible says stuff like leaving inheritance for your kids. It says stuff like uh, that a wise man sees problems ahead of time, prepares to meet them, a simpleton never looks, suffers the consequences. Not opposed. But he started asking me questions, man, about the future. And I started saying, you know, what, what's your greatest goal? And I said, man, I can see Jesus one day. That when, I, that when that time comes, all my family's there. When, when it's all said and done that my kids are there, that my loved ones are there, that my church family, that we're there together one day, that's what matters. And this dude kind of slides back from the table. And he said, I, I've never heard that one before. And I said, I see things a little bit different. I said, nothing wrong with things, man. I think we should try to provide things and give good things to our kids and all that kind of stuff. Have even good things ourselves. But listen, all of it will burn up one day. And I said, you know what matters most is that I've done this. I've preached the gospel of Jesus every opportunity that he gave me that my kids know him, that like Moses, they know Jesus face to face, that they have a relationship with him. And what matters for us is this, the eternal existence that every one of us have. And I read these things and I see this stuff and did I take advantage and I, did I do those things? And man, I tell you, it's just amazing how God works. Find out that God was Catholic, and we just began to share, and I just shared Jesus with him, and just shared the Bible with him, and I talked to him, and he said, man, he said, I got goosebumps, I don't even know what that is, what's going on, I just smiled, and I just said, man, I said, God's good, he loves us, and I just pointed him towards eternity, and again, nothing against the other things, but this is what matters, 2 Corinthians says this, therefore, do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light afflictions, which is but for a moment, is working out a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things that are not seen. 
It's an eternal outlook. That's not focusing on the temporary. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Listen, today, please understand, our success is not based on what we get here. Our success is based on do we see Jesus when we leave here. And that's what matters in the end. We must get focused on the eternal, not the temporary. Again, nothing wrong with these things, but you can gain all of it. Lose your soul. But man, God's made a way. I'm so thankful. And the second thing, and I love this about Moses. This is so cool, man, about what Moses did. And some people might kind of had this whole picture of Moses, the old dude, kind of frustrated, mad at times because he didn't get in, you know. That wasn't Moses. Moses was this. Moses, uh, Moses focused in on what I like about number two is this. He poured into the next generation. Moses poured into the next generation. And when you look at, back at the end, have you raised your kids to know Jesus? Have you done what you could do? Have you got involved and taught another generation that's back in those other rooms today? Have we done this? And so Moses does this. Deuteronomy is actually called in a lot of places the second law because he repeats the law over again. You know why? Because there's an entire generation that has been brought up now in that wilderness. An entire generation has come along. So now he finds himself repeating the law, saying it again. And this new generation needed to know the God, the one true God. They needed to know him. They were going to be faced with new challenges. There was going to be things that would happen. And so Moses does this. Moses invests in the next generation. He knew he wouldn't get in. He knew he wouldn't get everything he wanted on this earth. But he says something. And just sit back and get mad and get frustrated. He said, guys, i got to preach the truth. And so Moses poured into the next generation. And he did this. He poured into a generation that grew up in the wilderness. And this is what God wants you to know today. Just because you grow up in the wilderness doesn't mean you have to stay there. Just because you grew up in that, and we see this here, we see an entire group of people who, brought, who grew up in the wilderness. You know, all they knew was wandering. All they knew their entire life coming up is saying, man, his mom and daddy missed it. I could have already been in this place by now, I promise. But an entire generation who grew up in the wilderness didn't stay there. Because Moses invested in the next generation. He spoke life into them. And today, man, I want to speak life into you, man. Moses preached it around me. Jesus did it. I want to preach it to you and let you grab hold of this today. Listen, just because you've grown up in wilderness, there's still a promise available for you. It's still available for you. And there are people, I mean, I asked Pastor Chris that grew in me heavy on this today. It's felt God drawing in an area today. That there, there are generational curses and things that get passed down, and there are things that have been done, done to you, things that have happened in your situation, happened in your life, and they're not fair. They're wrong. And it's meant to put you in a place of misery and hurt and pain. But listen, you have to do something. You have to recognize if that curse has been placed on your life, if mama and daddy have been once wandering in the wilderness, listen, you have to make some decisions and change some things and understand some stuff. And so, first of all, Three things God put on my heart. The first one is this, that you need to realize if I share. You need to realize today, and the next slide is there, you need to realize today 
If that's you, if that is, is something that's in your life, if you recognize and you realize, you know something, man, I didn't have the parents. I've been blessed. I've been, I'm thankful, man. My parents love Jesus and taught me Jesus. I had that blessing in my life today. They're still following him. You may not have had that. You may not, you may not have had that gift. I want to be that. And I want to be that to my kids. But listen, you may not have. And listen, the first thing you need to do is this, just realize realize that, man, you know something, I was blessed that way. Then you have to make some choices. You have to do some things different. And the second thing you have to understand is this, that you need to repent. I know that's weird. I know, I know that's tough because some people say, no, my mom and daddy needs to repent. My grandmother, she did, she, they, did, they need to they did repent. Now, you know, what we need to do, we need to repent. Because this is what we have to have a choice and decision to make. Either we repent or we end up resenting. So you have to resent or repent. You have to make a decision. And repentance is just simply this. Some people have just made this something that's not. The Bible literally shows this in the Greek. It's two words made up. And it means that you change your mind. And so you change your mind. It means you do this. That you now say, I'm no longer going to stay in this situation. I'm no longer because mom and dad or someone else or grandpa or neighbor or whatever else happened. They're not going to keep me in that prison any longer. They are, will not keep that curse on my life. And you see that happen, and you repent of that. You change your mind and say, I refuse to stay that way. And then you do this. Once you make up your mind, you realize and understand it. You repent of it. Release it. What's that look like? It means you forgive. You let that go. You release them of that debt. You release that because here's what happens. Unforgiveness keeps you bound. And it's when you let that go, it'll keep you in bondage. You have to let that go. And there are people in this room today that God's pushed a heaven in our hearts today, and He's speaking to you that today is your day to be set free from wilderness. Today is a day for you to step into promise and to let that go. How somebody treated you, maybe how you've treated another. There's, there's things that God wants to break off in this place and healing He wants to flow through here. And it's the third thing that God showed me that we must do. Step into that. Number three is we just we choose the blessing. You choose the blessing. I love this. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. He's preaching it. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Oh, man, I love this. And because here it is, and it's almost like sometimes we like, man, I don't know what to do. You know what God does here? He gives us an answer. Every test God gives you is open book. And, and it's, it's here it is. He gives you the answer. You don't have to cheat and wonder. I repented of this first service, and I repent again. And none of you young people take notes of what I'm getting ready to tell you, young people. Don't, don't do this. This is a word from the Lord. Receive this right now in the name of Jesus. Do not do this. But when I was young in school, man, we had a little system for cheating when it was test time. If you didn't know the answer, you looked at one of your boys or one of you, well, actually the girls are usually smarter. We looked at one of them. And, and, you know, we had a system and if you didn't know the answer and you like, hey, if it's A, just stretch a little bit. If it's B, <coughs> just cough. Clap your hands if it's seat. If it's all the above, come on, somebody. Whatever it is it takes. You're just whatever. Don't do that. That's a sin. By the way, I repented. 
That's awesome. Some of y'all taking notes for the first time in church. Don't you do that. No, I'm just kidding. Our young people are awesome. You guys rock. But God gives us the answer. It's almost like I could see him. And I was just like, man, I got messed up reading this. It's like I'm sitting before you life and blessing. And it's like he's saying, oh, choose, choose life. feel like that sometimes preaching i can't i'm just laid out there and i'm going it's right here it's right here choose it you have to make the decision you have to make the decision they were right on the edge they were right on the border we read of the promised land you know what kept them out? Not choosing. You know what kept them out? Disobedience. You know, what, you know what kept them out? Worship of other things. Listen, understand today. Somebody needs to hear this and get this. What are you on the border of? What are you right there? Right at, and God's even giving you a glimpse of it and he's let you see it. It's there. What is it today that we must let go of? And I love this, that Jesus is the only one who delivers us from bondage. He's the only one that got them out of where they were at in Egypt. But when it came to the promised land, they had a decision. And it was what they worshipped and who they worshipped and what they gave their life to that kept them on the border instead of kept them from going in. And this is what I love. He says, choose life. All you have to do with that is make the choice. You don't give the life. It only comes from Jesus. You don't make that happen. You don't make the curse go away. You don't get yourself set free from that. You choose what's been placed before you that only God has made available to you. You step into his promises. I love how Moses closes out his life. He gives his final counsel. And Adam, if you want to come around. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. The final counsel of Moses. He's standing before them, Joshua with them. And he speaks these words. Be strong and have good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. And please understand, parents may have missed it. You may have missed it up to this point. It's not too late. One of the things that Moses preached to them was a second chance. I'm so thankful that I serve a God today, second chances. In verse 8 it says, And the Lord, He is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave nor forsake you. Do not be fearful, nor be dismayed. 
I want you to stand with me, please. And as you stand, I ask you to do something before I got up and preached today. I ask you to just close your eyes and I ask you to raise your hand and I ask you to say the prayer with me. And I ask you to pray, God, to whatever it is that you need to do with me today. Whatever it is that you need to do with me today. God, do it. Did you mean that? Was you serious when you prayed that? I believe you are. And this is what's amazing. God will do that in your life. He answers prayer. I just if, wish you, if you would, just bow your hands and close your eyes on me, please. Oh, man, God is so good. The Holy Spirit is so real and true. He's here today. I have a place before you. I didn't do near as good a job as preaching Deuteronomy as Moses or Jesus. But, man, I've brought his word today and I've laid before you blessing and cursing, life or death. Here's the answer. Choose life. Choose life. Choose life. Choose life. I feel like God wants to do a few things today. One of those being, I believe today, that He wants to break off some things that have been hurting and held people bound. Call them curses, call them just pain, call them just heartache. It's, it's, in the end, it was sin that was happened to you, done to you, or even maybe you've done to yourself. Here's the good news. Jesus died to redeem us from the curse and to set us free, to give us life. So today, life's available for you. But you have to do this. You have to choose that. You have to want that. And again, He's the one who gives it. It's not you. You receive it. He's the one who's purchased it and paid for it, made it available. You open yourself up to it. And listen, don't be dismayed. Don't be fearful. Don't sit back. Don't stand back. Don't miss what God wants to do in your life today. For some of you today, I want you to understand that God wants to set you free. Yeah, you've been brought out of bondage. Yeah, you're a Christian. Yeah, one day you're going to have whole eternity with Jesus. One day, that's awesome. He doesn't want you to be miserable here and live the rest of your life on the border of stepping into what He has made available for you. What are you on the border of today? What work has God called you to do? This church is going to be around long after you and I are gone. Who's going to fill your chair? Who's going to fill your seat? Who are you investing in? That's another thing I believe God wants us to do today is just pray and open ourselves up about who's God called us to invest into. What's part of the next generation is God calling us to sow into. What is it He's called me and you to do in this? 